Catherine Farley looked down at the bright and inviting brochure. Instead of the bamboo forest and charging black rhinoceros, she pictured Vess Roundtree, springy reddish curls framing a tight, narrow face. Vess radiated energy, competence, intensity. Sharp lines at the corners of Vess's eyes and mouth revealed the gnawing mindset of a worrier, a woman who had scrabbled for what she had and could always imagine disaster looming. Catherine turned a page of the brochure. Doesn't it look great? Bob's tenor voice was eager. Catherine smiled at him. She could see herself and Bob in the mirror behind an old saloon bar they'd installed at the end of their long living room, which overlooked the marsh. It had cost a pretty penny to buy the bar and arrange for its shipping, but that was back when they had plenty of money. The bar was a restored relic from a shuttered saloon in an abandoned cattle-drive town. Now the golden oak bar and brass footrail gleamed with polish, as bright as when long-ago adventurers, con men, prospectors, and cowboys drank mule-kick bourbon and eyed saloon girls. She appraised her reflection clinically. Medium height, nice figure, sleek black hair drawn back in a chignon, aristocratic features that were a dime a dozen in period films, dark eyes that had once been merry. Her smile was easy, though that took every ounce of her steel will. She wanted to rush across the room, take his dear face in her hands, love him riotously, ferociously, as if champagne-drenched nights could still be theirs. Nothing would wound him more than to know her thoughts. She was careful to keep her tone light. You, me, and a herd of gazelles. Add gin and tonic, and I'm sold. The safari looks grand. Grand and expensive, very expensive. His gaunt face, still handsome despite deep furrows grooved by pain, lighted with an eager smile. For an instant the past overlay the present, and it was like seeing Bob when he was strong and able to walk easily, didn't have to hobble with legs encased in braces, a cane in his left hand. Unchanged was his sandy, tousled hair, intelligent dark-brown eyes, bony nose, squarish chin. He one-handedly propelled the wheelchair, which he used at home, and rolled up to her. We got a big discount, if I book next week. We'll save a bunch of money. She listened as if enthralled, hearing the wanderlust, the hunger to go and do and be, the need for variety and new experience, despite the maimed right arm that lay useless in his lap and the weakened legs. She listened and knew the cost of such a trip mounted into the thousands, thousands they didn't have, thousands he no longer earned because the hand with fingers locked into a claw had been his painting hand, the thousands she had never earned with her drawings that achieved acclaim but sold for modest sums in the galleries. She was the one good with figures. She took care of bills and investments. Now she scraped to get them from month to month. She'd missed the last mortgage payment. But to see him eager meant everything to her. There were so many dark, quiet days when he withdrew, and the dullness in his eyes broke her heart. 
Vess Roundtree could make the safari possible. She would, and if she wouldn't, 